And welcome back to Traditions. I'm Ron Alesco, and we have two very special guests with us this hour. Uh, one of them has been on the show before. The other one, it's the first time we've, we've had a chance to talk to them, but you've certainly heard their music, especially this wonderful new album that they've released, the album called Into the Night. And it is none other than Robinson and Rowe, Liam Robinson and Gene Rowe. And they are with us today. And uh, it is good to see you both. How, how you doing? Doing <laughs> great. Yeah. Good to you, see you, Ron. Good to see you again, too. You you're must be basking in the, uh, the, the the knowledge that this album is finally released. I mean, you, you started working on this before the pandemic. And uh, it finally came out this this spring. Um, tell us about this process. I, I can imagine when you start something pre-pandemic and then fin finalize it after the pandemic that the concept and maybe the songs took on some, some different meanings. Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, we wrote most of these songs in 2019 and started recording them. <laughs> we had a great plan. Um, to start recording at the end of February in 2020 and had some great basic tracking sessions and we're really feeling the music and feeling really motivated to get back in with the horn section and the backing vocalists for, you know, overdubs. And, um, of course we know that just things got really gnarly with the pandemic, um, like unimaginable, um, and so we pressed pause on the project. I think we, we, you know, envisioned these songs living in a really grand sonic landscape. It was not the kind of thing that we were going to record at home. Mm -hmm. Um, and so they had to sit and, and like rest for a little while. Um, but when we finally got back in there in 2021, it just felt really thrilling to revisit this music and very strange to hear it in light of all that we had been um, living through together up to that point. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't know. Do you want to say more about how that felt, Liam? Um, well, I think most people can relate to things taking on new meaning in 2020, 2021. So, yeah, these songs sort of aged and... Uh, we just heard them anew, which I guess songs just do over time. And it was uh, hopefully a testament to the durability of these songs that uh, they can just um, weather that. And hopefully, you know, even in two more years, we'll hear them again and they'll have new new meaning to us and maybe to other people. Did did you find yourself making changes in the songs lyrically or, you know? No, hey. I don't think we wrote any new lyrics um, during that time. But this, mm -hmm. the album has a lot of, sort of, was already contemplating mortality a lot. Mm -hmm. um, and then uh, we were all contemplating mortality all the time. So yeah. it just sort of, it was, it was just an accident, I guess, of our I, own I, personal lives. I think I should just say, like, you, I'm sure we're going to play some of the songs from the record pretty soon and you'll get a better picture of what Liam means. But, I think, <clears throat> you know, a lot of our writing and I, I think maybe songwriters and artists in your listening audience can relate to this. You know, a lot of our writing is really motivated by the sense that, you know, our time on this earth is finite. And how do we make something beautiful uh, together? How do we... Um, 
how do we live together and have meaningful lives in the brief time we have? And so in that sense, yes, it was, these songs were contemplating our mortality. But I think, you know, they were great to revisit because I think the takeaway from many of them is like, this is, this is the spice of our life. This is, you know, how, this is the motivation to, um, be working together and and living uh, exciting and loving and beautiful lives. Mm-hmm. The, the title of the album is called Into the Night. And uh, I think we ought to listen to the, 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 the song right now, uh, which is the title cut. Um, can you give us a little background on this? How did this song come to be written? Uh, I imagined this song and its reprise being the bookends of the record. Um, and what I pictured was this sort of like mythical concert. Um, the idea of people gathering in a little back room and that's, you know, a thing that's like happening all over everywhere throughout history. And so the album opens with, uh, setting that stage and just asking you to like use to open your imagination and to enter that space with us. And, uh, it's about that moment of communing about the sort of moment of song beginning and, um, and that song definitely took on new meaning because it, it, you know, it was, it's also about just like the joy and pleasure of making music together, which was a thing that, you know, of course got seriously disrupted in all Mm -hmm. of our lives. Um, but, but yeah, yeah it's setting that stage and it, it's also like sort of introducing all the characters. If you listen through the song, it's like every, every kind of instrumental element that exists on the record is, is introduced, you know, sort of like the opening number of a musical or something. It's like, here are the cast of characters in this, in this big band. House lights dim, there's a drink in your hand. What is the promise of this night? brought you here with your friends stage lights burn guitar in my hand tell me what is the promise of this night that brought us here with this band and what is that promise that brought all of us to this stage all roads lead to this back room bar and all roads will carry us away Inside of our chest, we move to the beat of the drum. Ring out glory, sing out love. While we still have breath inside of our lungs, we're lifting our voices up into the night. Into
And that was Into the Night, Robinson and Rowe, the title cut from their new album. And Robinson and Rowe are with us today as uh, as we, we chat about this, this album. Uh, the album just came out on, on Righteous Babe Records, which uh, I'm sure many of our listeners know is the record label that is uh, founded and run by uh, Ani DeFranco. How, how did that connection come to be with, with Ani? Um, through a few different channels, we've worked with um, Ani's bass player for a long time on different projects. He's a really talented producer, mix, mixing engineer, um, and musician. His name's Todd Sikafus. Produced um, one of Jean, or mixed one of Gene's records, um, and then also um, I'm the music director, vocal arranger, supervisor uh, on Hades Town which is uh, Anais Mitchell's show that's on Broadway and there's a national tour and it's um, coming to London next year. And uh, yeah, I've been working on that show since 2016. And that piece had one of its kind of first introductions to a wider audience uh, as a record on Righteous Babe that Todd produced, you know, and had a cast of sort of notables, including Ani and Greg Brown and Justin Vernon. And um, yeah, so it was just sort of through that, you know, just like circle of of musicians that uh, it just kind of made sense. And we opened that conversation and um, and here we are. Yeah. And it's been really fun to to for that to come around um, and also just cool that 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 Ani is still like you know, running this label, which was around in the early nineties when I, you yeah. know, both of us were buying CDs at the CD store. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it's a great partnership. And, uh, and, and this is your second album or actually your third is not you did a holiday, uh, album at one point as well. It's or- true. Yeah. We sort of call it our second, but the, there's the, yeah, the secret, the secret, secret Christmas EP, um, <laughs> which you should check out if you need a little secret Christmas. All right. Well, well, we'll definitely be playing that again this, this <laughs> holiday season. But uh, right now, we're we're going to be playing the heck out of Into the Night. Um, uh, you know, let, let's talk a little bit about the two of you. I mean, we've 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 met Gene before, but Lee, and this is as I said before, this is the first time I've had a chance to sit down with you. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned Hades Town, and 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 your work there as the uh, music director and vocal arranger. Uh, but you were on Broadway before that, I understand. You were part of uh, War Horse, which won yeah, a couple true. of Tony Awards, from what I yep. remember. Yeah, that was. Um, I can't, I'm bad with years, but it was War Horse. I was in the original cast. Um, it was 2011, I think. 2011. Yeah. Uh-huh. Another fluke, um, <laughs> sort of falling into theater world. And, uh, yeah, it's been all my, my, my forays into theater have been really fun. Um, yeah. and that when I was allegedly an actor, but I really just sang and played accordion. So. Was music your first passion? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Where, where did you begin and where did the two of you meet? I mean, you've been pl- uh, performing together for over uh, 15 years, I understand. Um, yeah, we. I grew up in Wisconsin. And so that, you know, the first half of my life, um, I lived there and moved to New York in 2003 and met Jean at the New School. Liam and I had some mutual friends in the New School jazz program where Liam attended for a year and I I was there for four years of school um yeah one of our mutual friends i had invited over to my parents house because i was still living with my family in new jersey 
Mm-hmm. And uh, Ooh, she invited Liam along, like kind of without asking, but it worked out really nicely, and we <laughs> we began a great friendship from that time oh. forth. Um, oh. Yeah, hey, we've known just... each other for almost for like twenty years, I think, oh, and yeah. we've been a, a musical duo for probably fifteen, and and. Uh, an item <laughs> for about almost 10 years now so uh, a 10 year item many chapters yeah, making beautiful music together as they say yeah. uh what's nice is that each of you came from uh, different backgrounds and I, I i some different styles of music i guess and influenced each of you but yet you found a commonality in in the music and and you still each of you continue with your own careers uh the solo careers as well um what what do you find that makes it easier to work as a duo or is it easier to work as a duo i um well jean has her own solo career but i i have my own pursuits but um everything is in collaboration so for me the duo is you know just more collaboration i get i don't know i get too lonely if i work on my own (laughs) Uh, you're more courageous in that regard but 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 the different the different groups that you're with you were with the the becca stevens band and Mm -hmm. uh and you know again that was a different style than than what you're doing now as a duo do you find it hard going uh from style to style and hades town being a a bit different from 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 what you two are doing oh no i i would i i it's important i need i need all I need all that different nourishment, I think. I mean, Gene and I both come from varied backgrounds of, like, you know, sort of studying jazz the way a lot of our peers have, but neither of us kind of considers, we don't consider ourselves jazz musicians, um, but also both of us growing up in, like, communities of folk musicians, that was that's a very important element in our in our upbringing, you know, a little bit of classical training thrown in there as, as, as happens when you're, you know, studying piano or something. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, no, I think, I think it's both of us have just a lot of interests and, um, um, it's, you know, we want to got to feed all those different desires, whether it's, you know, gene, is working on a song cycle called 74 bus right now, a 74 corridor. That's about a, the, the New Jersey 74 bus or, oh, yeah. um, me working on, you know, being support, supporting a theater piece or, um, us working on other people's records. Or, it's mm-hmm. just, you know, that's one of the pleasures of being a musician. Sure. Jump around. And it, it shows on the album. Cause there, there are a lot of different, styles a lot of different <laughs> instruments that come in here uh you know we, we hear your banjo Liam, and your guitar from, from 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 gene and um and the different styles well i think makes it such a, a lovely listen from first cut to last um and talking about where you're coming from that happens to be <laughs> a segue into <laughs> our next song which uh gene you mentioned you're from new jersey and and you wrote this song where i'm coming from which is uh I, at first glance, I thought, "Oh, she's talking about her, her her home," but it's it's a lot deeper than that. How did yeah. this this song come to be? Yeah, I wrote this song at the Blue Mountain Center, which is an artist's residency uh, space, very magical place um, in the Adirondacks that brings together visual artists, writers, musicians, videographers, etc., and also a lot of um, 
activists who work within the arts, but, you know, maybe the main thrust of their work is community organizing or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I think it must have been, I mean, it's so hard to retrace my steps about the songs that I write, but I think it must have been owing to some of the dinner conversation uh, at Blue Mountain Center that I started to really, this this actually was 2018, the summer of 2018 that I wrote this song. I started thinking about, okay, so just like, let's go back to 2018, like Trump administration, build a wall. Sorry to take us back there, but it's coming around again anyway, and it never really left. Um, and just thinking about kind of, wow, like the the place that I come from in the United States is a place occupied by like a lot of relatively new uh, immigrants to the U.S., talking like three two, three generations back, even less. Um, And how is it that these are these descendants of folks who fled, um, you know, all kinds of things back in Europe? I'm talking about white people. Um, How did these, how are these people like the ones leading the charge to build a wall? Like, how do we, how do I trace that back and really embrace a broad and deep history of whiteness in America, all in the package of a four verse song. Um, That was kind of the mission I took on. And like so many of my songs, I, I really write, writing for me is a way of understanding something that I don't really get yet. Um, figuring out how to organize the thoughts that I have um, so that I understand something new about it by writing. Um, So that's the place that where I'm coming from comes from. I think when I was writing it, I was sharing it with Liam and some other um, songwriters that I've gotten to know, you know, elders who I respect and also other folks at this um, residency to just try and really, um, yeah, do my best to understand some of the pieces that can go into this story. Um, and, you know, <laughs> I think it's hard to draw a conclusion. Well, you'll hear the song. It's just, a, it's a lot of legacy to sit with and to operate from and something that I want to continue to have in my awareness that you know, my people were union organizers. My people were Christian, you know, Catholics uh, or Jews. I mean, I'm not Jewish, but like the, this is the lineage from which white people in America are descended. Um, and it also comes with this very racist heritage um, that's a product of trying to survive in the United States um, throughout these many centuries.
called Where I'm Coming From, Robinson and Rowe from their brand new album, Into the Night. And Robinson and Rowe are with us today as we, we talk about this album. You know, Gene, as, I, as we listen to that song, you know, I, I'm, I'm also reminded of your other song that I think most of our listeners will know, uh, National Anthem, Arise, Arise. And, you know, that was sort of an alternative to the Star Spangled Banner. And, and on the new album, Into the Night, there are... Uh, a number of songs that deal with uh, where we are in this country at the moment. Um, some personal songs as well about loss, but some songs that we all can can relate to. When you were putting this album together, uh, I, I think there was a theme going on about loss. But when you're doing an album, uh, were, were you, were you, and as Liam, I think you said this earlier, you were kind of looking at it almost theatrically as as you as you put everything together. But, I mean, do you worry about things like radio and the YouTube and such where it's just people get a single song 
um, and, and they don't understand sometimes the, the taste of the entire album or what concept you're trying to do. Is it hard to encapsulate it in, in single songs or does each song live on its own? Hopefully each song also lives on its own. But I think, you know, one thing that Liam and I share in common, and this is not true in all cases, but I think we both have visions for longer form art <laughs> than mm-hmm. a single three and a half minute song. Um, I think we just we see many of our projects, obviously, certainly a Broadway musical in Liam's case, but um you know, see see our songs as collections, as like discrete bodies of work that belong together. And um, so I feel like, you know, part of how we were able to do that on this album is to really choose, admittedly, a very broad um, orchestrational palette. But still, I mean, I think that that, that we that fell within pretty clearly delineated bounds. Um and and that sort of knits things together, I think. And then just also that, you know, hopefully this album functions as a complete, like, beginning to end curated collection oh, yeah. of songs in a very specific order. Um, but also that there are, you know, tunes that, like, if you really love them, you could just pop them on repeat and <laughs> listen your heart out until you're <laughs> sick of them. <laughs> Oh, well, uh, trust me, I, I've listened to it from start to finish <laughs> several times, and it, it does work as a theme. But again, I, I've also put it on random as well and, and listened to songs. It, it, it completely works. Again, the album we're talking about is Into the Night from Robinson and Rowe, who are with us today. And, uh, you know, as, as, I, as I listen to the album, uh, as I said before, you know, there's so many different kinds of styles and different genres almost weaving into this some country some some bluegrass some jazz and um i, I, I who who did uh, liam I, were you doing most of the arranging on this or was it that a collaborative i mean since you do a lot of arranging for broadway now um it's it definitely a collaboration yeah uh-huh. always with the band or with i mean some you know some of it's written down most of it's not but some of the arranging you know for horns uh you'll hear a lot of this horn section or some backup singers on this record. So some of that gets formally written down, but you know, the band, anyone who's played in a band know that it's, it's always a, it's always a group group effort. Um, yeah, you'll hear some of my horn arranging on into the night. You'll hear some of Jean's writing for that same group on, um, on, uh, where did, where did you, you go? go? Um, and so that was, yeah, that was an important, part of our vision for this record. And also one of the reasons that we kind of, that we didn't really get back to the studio for as long as we did, we knew we wanted this section mm. of horns in a room together, breathing and <laughs> blowing and <laughs> spitting and <laughs> all who, who of the things. Who were some of the performers, uh, the, the, the band that you had? Uh, well, the core group, uh, our core rhythm section that we've been playing some shows with us, if anyone's caught us, in this in new york city or um club passim or other 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 places uh that core group is tony mason on the drums um chris tordini on the bass and then um we've also got bob lanzetti playing electric guitar courtney hartman's also playing some guitar on this record 
It's a long, we got a long list of folks. I don't know if you want to hear every last human being. <laughs> Kyle Morgan, great songwriter, has a little electric guitar cameo on there. Um, who else are we missing in the main? There's so many. There's so many. I mean, it's, there's five horn players, actually six, three backing vocalists. Um, and these are all like, just stellar New York City musicians who we love and admire. Um, yeah, you got a, you got a great crew together there to put this to, to put this album together for you. Um, I, I want to play another song uh, now called "Off Track." Um, could you describe this one for us? Sure. This is another song I wrote, um, and. It's so hard to trace this one back to. I remember like noodling on this little like guitar melody in some hotel room or something where you were staying when you were doing one of the out of town things with Hades Town. I came to visit and was just hanging out and writing. Um, and I think it just grew from there. This is a, a a song about, you know, needing somebody to just, like, get you back to the real things of life. Not so much, like, checklisting and, like, email returning and, like, being in the routine. Um, but the times when you need, like, somebody to just come in and, like, push you out of your flow and into the, like, <laughs> like wildness of living. Um, you know, and it's also just an extended double entendre about sex.
That was Off Track by Robinson and Rowe from their, their wonderful new album called Into the Night. It's on Righteous Babe Records. And uh, Robinson and Rowe are with us today as we, we've been chatting about this album. And, you know, Gene, right before when you were introducing the song, you, you mentioned that uh, sometimes it's hard to track where the song came from. I've always wondered about songwriters, especially those that write a song and uh, it becomes like like national anthem did recorded by others and and liam you do a lot of arranging and such so these songs sort of take on a life of their own after a while um when you're performing them do you feel changes coming on or i mean do you feel ownership to these songs or do you just kind of let it go out in the world and, and see what happens oh man that's a really good question i think when i'm playing songs for other people that the people involved really change the way i feel the song i think that's really real Mm -hmm. um and the way the car ride was to get to the place (laughs) and the sound and you know all the elements of live performance um and sometimes they really help me connect more deeply to the song and and um and sometimes they're just distracting um (laughs) but I, i you know i have found time and again that songs that i've written um, you know, this thing Liam kept, keeps saying about our record taking on new meaning with time. I, I find sometimes like my older songs are telling me something new that I didn't know I had written mm-hmm. into them as I play them over time. Um, there's so much mystery in the writing process and so much that feels kind of like accidental <laughs> <laughs> about it. Um, wouldn't you say I've, I have that feeling a lot of the time? Um, because I don't often set out to like, I'm going to write a song about a thing and I know how that's going to go. And I'm planning this verse to be like this. And the chorus is going to tie it up in this way. Like it's some, there's often like a vague feeling about, about it, but often the like beginning material that I have, I'm not sure what it's saying really Mm -hmm. until I start to dive into that, that process. And then it also gets to the point where I think it has sometimes different meaning for the audience when they hear Absolutely. something. You know? Yes, hopefully. Uh, uh, I mean, you, you, you had a, have a song on the album, which we won't play today, but folks can tune in next week. Maybe we'll play it. Um, it's a song called Where Did You Go? About the, the passing of your father. And, yeah. you know, I, I lost my parents too. And I could relate to those songs and, and, and the feelings that, that you do it. And that, that, that's something that's uh, so important with songwriters for connecting. 
Mm. Yeah, sometimes people want you to interpret your songs for them. After a show, they might come try and ask you about specific things. I definitely resist that. I feel like that's that's your job. I don't know. <laughs> it's like it's not you know you get to feel whatever you you're feeling about it. I don't yeah. need to like explain how I'm how how I'm feeling about it. So what gets me is when when audience members will try to correct somebody. No, no, that's not what the song was about. <laughs> no, hold on a second here. Uh, well, uh, Gene, I wanted to mention uh, you. You talked about your next project you're working on, which uh, those of us here in New Jersey, I think, are going to find interesting. Uh, tell us a bit about this. Oh, sure. Well, let's see. We were just talking about my dad, my my father. Um, sadly passed away at the beginning of 2019 and you know I think there's some people who in big moments like that really turn to writing in a big way mm. I did write that song Where Did You Go that's on the album um, on Into the Night but then about a year ago I um, I got a grant from the Brooklyn Arts Council to fund this like crazy idea that I had and when I found out I got this grant, I was like, crap, now I have to do this crazy idea. <laughs> um, I I grew up uh, in New Jersey. I was born in Patterson um, and grew up in some towns south of there. And as a teenager, I often rode the number 74 bus, which goes from Patterson to Newark. And I would ride it to like get places in a practical way. But I also just like, it was a, it was a, I don't know, a place to go when I just needed to be kind of alone among people and I would ride it aimlessly. Hmm. And um, it passes through all these towns that were important places in my father's life um, and in my own life. And so I wrote this collection of songs called 74 Corridor that, um, yeah, takes place. It, it's just a series of little song vignettes that go from north to south on this magic bus that transcends time. So, you know, the, the listeners and I and the band are all kind of on this it's bus together, looking, looking out the windows and watching scenes from Passaic, New Jersey and Patterson, Belleville, Clifton, um, going by outside the bus windows and it puts together this um, picture of my dad's life and our life together and the places that shaped us. Um, it was a really, it ha I'm continuing to work on it, um, but it has been a really precious project to develop and um, some of my favorite songs I've written so far. So I'm excited to share it with more folks um, as I figure that out. And we're excited to hear it, especially those of us here in New Jersey, too. Yeah, big up, <laughs> New Jersey. <laughs> well, well, the two of you are, are living in Brooklyn now, which uh, I guess is different from New Jersey and Wisconsin. So uh, uh, how are you finding the music scene these days, especially coming back from the pandemic? I mean, you've just released this album. Um, getting back to live audiences, is, is it a different experience for the two of you? Oh, man. Some venues have closed. Some venues are, you know, not doing so well. I think some of our favorite places are still around. You know, the, like like Liam was saying in the song Into the Night that kind of talks about this magical back room spaces where we make music carry their own 
uh, sort of potency and magic. And so it's been um, very powerful to step back into, you know, Barbez and here's mm-hmm. Slavic Soul Party. Um, some of our friends have moved away, but actually a lot of our like core scene is here. Broadway, or at least Liam's show, the uh, Hades Town is is back, and there's such you have such community with those singers and musicians. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think this is this place is always going to have its own like special musical character and sure. um, community, um, and right now we're part of that. And that feels great. Well, we're glad you're part of that. Now, now, Liam, you you are, uh, as we said, the art, music and artistic director of. Uh, I'm sorry. Let me, let me let me rephrase that. You're let me get it right. You're the director and vocal arranger for Hades Town. Now, the show has been running. It's now doing a national tour. You mentioned it's going to London next year. Are, are, are you still involved? I mean, what is the involvement after a play opens? Uh, for for those of us who aren't familiar with the theater world. Um. Yeah. Well, for I. I conduct the show and play the keys and accordion, but <clears throat> if you know people who play music on Broadway, you have a fair amount of flexibility with that job. So I have a good team of subs, mm-hmm. um, including an associate music director who do the show quite a lot and allows me to to step away and play our shows or you know work on my own projects. And uh, so yeah, it's a really you know it's a it's a nice, just um, steady gig for now, you know, sure. as long as it runs. Nice work if you can get it, as they <laughs> say. And um, yeah, I oversee music. You know, I'm sort of the head of the music department on, all, on these different productions of the show. So once in a while, I go visit the tour. I was just out in D.C. a couple of weeks ago. Um, just, you know, working with the, with the music team there and with the actors. And so it's a very, you know, it's a st- these shows require steady steady work all the time the mm-hmm. cast comes and goes you know you have to keep all under studies hot train in new subs so yeah that's yeah. those are all my jobs but um in terms of the writing of the thing you know that's that that portion is done in terms of being an arranger and that kind of stuff so i'm starting to try and plant some seeds and get involved involved in developing work now. Oh, that's so. great. It, it's, it's amazing to see how Hades town grew. I mean, some of us of the folk community who know Aeneas just watched it uh, from this germ of an idea into what it's become. It's just as amazing. And then mm-hmm. uh, what you've done with the show is just uh, terrific. So I hope, I hope some of our friends could see it, especially those in London. I know we uh, are on the internet. When, when is that expected to open there? Uh, early 2024. Oh, excellent. Well, listen, I, I really thank both of you for, uh, first of all, being with me today and talking about this album and, and for creating this album at a time where I, I think we all really need this music uh, coming out of the uh, pandemic and the themes that you talk about, about loss and such. It's really, uh, really inspiring. And uh, I want to end our little visit today. Um, well, first of all, before we do that, uh, if our folks want to get in touch with you, what is your website? It's Robinson and Row, R-O-H-E dot com, Robinson and Row dot com. You can uh, you can order the record there. We have really cool recycled vinyl LPs that will ship to you. There's T-shirts that look really great, designed by our friend Andy Benincasa. You can you can you can uh, support support the artist at Robinson and Row dot com. 
And we're also on social media and all the usual places connecting with our folks. Oh, excellent. <clears throat> well, I want to play one more song as we uh, we we say goodbye today. Um, and it's a really it's a song that really captured me. It's called Singing Like a Saw. <laughs> There's got to be a story behind this one. Oh, I guess the story is it came into my mind. Uh, <laughs> yeah, um, it's just a fun bopping number and it's cheeky and all double meanings are intentional. And um, yeah, it's a sort of, I kind of imagined again in the mythical space of like creating a band. Um, so you'll hear that story in there. The, the people singing in the song are like, oh, we should start a band. We should go on the road. <laughs> well, uh, hopefully it'll inspire some of our audience to do the same. Uh, Liam Robinson, Gene Roth, again, thank you both for being here today. And uh, we look forward to seeing you again real soon. Sounds thank good. You, Thanks for having us, Ron. And now let's take a listen to Singing Like a Saw from the new album, Into the Night. It's available on Righteous Babe Records. Here's Robinson and Rowe. Honey, come on down to the kitchen I've been cooking up the thing that you like I made it up with all of the fixing So I hope you got your appetite I got the radio on and they're singing that song And I'm banging on the pots and pans We've been working all day Now it's time to play And we ain't got no other plans here we're coming, ooh, we're coming, here we're coming now You're singing like a song, keeping time like a hammer and a nail You can hear my honey wail tonight I'm singing like a bird, you're keeping time like a woodpecker Just a looking for the bugs, we make a good pair in love Singing like a song 